testing, testing. There we go. Is that it? Good enough? You know, reading the Bible. <laughs> Hello. Hey. You know, reading the Bible. Over all these years, I have found that from Genesis to Revelation, there is just one fact that we can't ignore or run from, and that's that God wants to live with us. Number one thing, and he does everything he can so he can live in the center of the camp. I find that quite amazing, and I often think... God wants to live with us, and revival is when we let him. And you know, we were praying this morning, and the one thing that came to me, I felt, I felt like the Lord was saying, I know this may sound subjective, but this is what came to me, I know I am welcome in this place. Now watch what I'm going to do. And I just think, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Let, let's just say one more prayer. And dear Father, almighty God, come, Holy Spirit. Come and breathe upon us, Lord. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And grab our hearts today, Lord, and take us further, take us deeper. Help us, Lord. Lead us further. Thank you, dear Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, my dear wife... She always ends up in my sermons. It's good she's not here. <laughs> but my dear wife loves Jane Austen, and especially she loves Pride and Prejudice. Does anyone else here have that problem? <laughs> you know, I watched the BBC TV series with her at least nine times. Nine times. <laughs> And that lasted six hours each time. The things you do for love, I'd say watch and learn, guys. Watch and, watch and learn. Then the American movie came out of Pride and Prejudice. We saw that three times, and Karen didn't even like that one. <laughs> do you think, I just say, do you think there's a want there? <laughs> but my, when my dear wife asked me if she could read me the book, which she did, my first thought was, shoot me now. <laughs> Stab me with a pitchfork, gouge out my eye with a rusty spoon. But, but out of love, I said, yes, dear, please read me Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> well, she read a few chapters until it came to the place in the story where Mr. Bennett, which you know what I'm talking about if you saw the movie nine times, where, where Mr. Bennett tells his wife, no lace, no lace, Mrs. Bennett, I beg you. Well, that was the trigger. That, that's when I stood up and I said to Karen, enough, enough. I'm sorry, dear, I just can't do pink and fluffy anymore. I mean, you know it's time to draw the line when even the characters say, no lace, no lace, enough is enough. 
but I know what he was thinking when he said that. He was thinking what I was thinking. Where are the laser blasters? <laughs> Where are the starships? Where's the cyborgs? I was slowly being assimilated into the world of Jane Austen, and I had to break free when I had the chance. You may wonder where I'm going with this. <laughs> but now that we're on the subject of spaceships, I just want to say something about Star Trek. And their greatest enemy, which some of you would know, was called the Borg. And the Borg was an enemy that would forcefully assimilate entire races and cultures and values. They did assimilate them all into their own culture, and the galaxy feared them because no one had the power to resist them. And they would come up on a ship, and they would say, We are the Borg. Lower your shields and surrender your ships, and you will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. I find all through this life and on TV, we're trying, they're trying to assimilate us somewhere. So now that we're on the subject of assimilation, I just want to dig a little deeper. Every one of us, every one of us as human beings born into this world is assimilated and being assimilated into this world. And this, praise the Lord. And this world is where we draw, usually draw our identity from. It's where we draw our resources from, our purpose and sustenance. All comes from this world because we are assimilated into the world as soon as we are born. This world is what we feed on and we can't help it because resistance is futile. We are born into this world and held by an umbilical cord that we can't cut or free ourselves from. We are always feeding upon this earth. And the moment we take a breath, the devil and his cohorts are there whispering into our crib, we are the world. Lower your shields and surrender and you will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. And we hear the echo of that voice in our culture. We hear that voice through our media, TVs, governments, the community we live in. Like it or not, we have been assimilated into this world and this world system, and resistance is futile. And many of us probably have wondered, why did I end up being addicted to drugs? Why did I end up lost on alcohol? That wasn't my ambition in my younger days. My plan wasn't to rob. My plan wasn't to lie. My plan wasn't to abuse or be abused or control or to cheat on my husband and wife. That, that wasn't what I was thinking when I was growing up. But there's just something not right about that because it's not what we wanted to be. I say myself, I never wanted to go overseas and fight in a war. But this is a reflection of the world. We have been assimilated. And we, we have no escape. Resistance is futile. Smile. It's not over yet. 
We are born slaves to sin. This you know, but I'm laying a foundation here. We are born slaves to sin, slaves to our education, slaves to this world's values and wisdom. So we look up. And many of us, we've called out to God because we knew knew no other person to call to because we couldn't escape. So we were calling someone outside of this world system and we look up to God and we say, help us, Lord. I'm trapped. I'm stuck. Lord God, I want to break free. I want to break free. the good news, which you know it well, God answered that prayer for freedom. But sometimes we don't know how far that freedom has taken us. In Romans 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. He did it without agenda. It was for freedom he set us free. Romans 6.18, you have been set free from sin. Romans 8.2, free from the law of sin and death. 2 Corinthians, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. John 8.36, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus has set me free from drugs and forgave me of my sin back in 1975, and I haven't looked back, and that freedom still continues. You know, the cross, the cross is like a sword in the hand of God. And this is one of the points. It's like a sword in the hand of God, and our heavenly Father picks it up, and he swung it, and he cut that umbilical cord to this world. That cord has been cut. We are no longer to be assimilated. We are no longer under the rule of this world or anything of this world. We have been reborn into a different kingdom and into a different world. But sometimes we don't have a clear vision of what this actually means. The Bible calls it the kingdom of God. We are no longer under this world's power to assimilate us. We are no longer bound to this world. We owe nothing to this world except 
the love of God flowing through us. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, we are no longer of this world. Listen to his prayer in John 17. He's praying to his father and he's talking about his disciples and he said, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am not of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. When he says protect them from the evil one, it's primarily protect them from all the whispers spoken over them in their crib. No more assimilation. We are born again. And don't fall for the lies of this world again, the lies that try to confuse us about who we are. Lies that tell us who we are not. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 12 too, do not conform. We loved that in the hippie church I went to when I was first saved. <laughs> that was one of our mantras, do not conform. Do not conform to the pattern of this world because we do not have to anymore. Do not be assimilated, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are no longer of this world. We are no longer a citizen of this world. We need to think kingdom of God because I am no longer of this world. Our umbilical cord attaching us to this world has been severed. Our passport to this world has been revoked, torched, burning in the flames of hell with the rest of our sins. We have been issued new passports, stamped by the Holy Spirit, sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ, reborn, born again into the kingdom of God, and we are no longer bound to the kingdom of this world. And this is what gives us the insight and the power to change the world. We are not of it. We stand outside of it. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I am looking down. I am not looking this way. But how do we live in this new realm, the kingdom of God? Because we all know, we're all sitting here and we're thinking, well, I'm still living on earth. I'm still breathing this air in my human body. I'm still walking around the streets and going to Tesco's. You know, I'm still doing the things we do. How can I live down here when my new citizenship is up there? I don't belong here anymore. Well, I think we can't go wrong following the example of Paul the Apostle. While Paul walked this earth, he took on the mantle of an ambassador. And this is how he defined himself in more than one place in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians and Ephesians, he says, we are therefore Christ ambassadors. He says another place, I am an ambassador. This is the way he saw himself. I am not attached to this world. My passport is from there, but I am an ambassador down here from my kingdom up there. Does that make sense? Now, here's the thing about an ambassador. 
especially ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Our paycheck does not come from here. Now, since our citizenship has changed and we are ambassadors, my paycheck comes from the, from the country that I hold my passport to, the kingdom of heaven. My, my paycheck comes from there. My joy does not come from down here. And I can look all around and try to find joy everywhere, but it will never please you because that umbilical cord has been severed. The joy comes from there. That's where my source is. I am an ambassador here. Hallelujah. My resources come from God, not this world. And that's the way it works. If we are looking at it from this, to get it all from this world, we will be disappointed. We'll be building our house upon the sand, and that will wash away. Let's build it upon the rock of Jesus Christ, and that will last forever. God showed me this years ago about, about him. He is my source. I know some of you have heard this before, but a lot of you haven't. But I'll just, it's a good one. I didn't have a job back in the States for quite a while. And I, and one week I just went to 60 different places, factories everywhere, just went down the street to places and just asking, do you have a job? And I, I couldn't find one. Tried to make this shorter. And, um, and I got to the point to where I just thought, man, I'm giving up. I can't find a job anywhere. So I went to my bedroom and I prayed and I made a deal with God. And my deal was, which others have. I made a deal. I said, I said, Lord, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to start working for free. I'm going to work in your kingdom for free. I'll do anything that needs to be done in the church, painting or anything, which so many of us do. And I thought, I will help the elderly fix their houses and stuff. I will mow lawns. I'm, going, I'm just going to go out and offer my services for free to anybody who wants it. And Lord, but I'm going to look to you for my paycheck. I'm going to look to you, Lord Jesus Christ, that, that I am going to pray to you for specifically for what I need, and I trust that you will give it to me. Don't know if you've ever done that. But, but I, I remember one time, one time I needed a new pair of shoes, trainers, and, and, I, and I prayed. I, I said, Lord, Lord, I could sure use some new trainers. Didn't tell a soul about it. A few days later, someone comes up with his hands behind his back, and he said, Richard, what size shoe do you wear? And I said, size 12, and he said, so do I. I went to buy myself some trainers, and they were offering two for the price of one. Would you like a pair? Is that random? <laughs> so I thought, I need some socks. I'm going to pray for some socks. A few days later, seriously, somebody brought me a, a bag of socks that, that they said they were even washed, and I thought, that is really good. <laughs> the Lord provides, you know, and excuse me. And for a three-month period, I always had money for my rent. I had food every day on the table, and it all came from all different sources without telling a soul. But I was thinking, man, I am not of this world. I am a, of another kingdom. If I'm an ambassador down here, my resources come from there, not from down here. And then... I, I prayed, Lord, I need a new winter jacket. And, and I, I said, I might as well pray for one I like. I'd like a blue and beige one. And so I had a friend, and a few days later, it's always a few days later, he came and said, do I want to go to the store with him? And I went, and, and basically he ended up, without me saying a word, bought me a blue and beige winter jacket. 
for that three-month period, I had everything I needed, and then I was offered a job by a Christian company, and, and they offered me the job, and I went in and I prayed, Lord, should I take this job or should I go on the way I'm going? And I felt the Lord say, no, take the job because this is also my provision. You aren't looking to your boss to keep you in your needs. You are looking to me, but I will use your boss to do it. And if you lose your job next week, keep looking to me and seeking my kingdom, and I am your provider. That's... That, that, that's, that's the way an ambassador lives. You, you know, I, I just love this story. I was going to the, theological college and I ordered some commentaries that I needed from the library, but I didn't know exactly what they would cost. And I thought I would have money when they came. But then, <coughs> excuse me, but then um, when, when it came time, the, the librarian says, well, your books have come in. Can you come and pick them up, Richard? And, and I thought, and I thought, I don't have any money. It didn't work out the way I wanted, so I was walking to the library to, to apologize and tell them I didn't have any money. On the way to the library, a new student who hardly knew me came up and stopped me on my way to the library. He had no idea what was going on, and he handed me an envelope, and he said, Here, Richard, I feel like the Lord told me to give this to you. Well, I took it back to my room, and I opened it up, and there was 222 pounds in there. And he had a note on it, and he said, said, I know this is an odd amount of money, but I felt like the Lord was telling me to give you 222 pounds. So I take that 222 pounds. Thank you. You're a lifesaver. So I took that 222 pounds um, to the library, and, and then I, and the librarian didn't even know how much they were, and she started adding it up. And I said, well, how much do I owe you? 222 pounds. Is that random? I, I told the librarian this, and she said, that's a miracle. I said, yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't that be the normal Christian life? <laughs> Ambassadors. God is telling, was telling me, I am, not, I am your source, not this world. You're in a different kingdom now. Jesus said it. You know it well, Matthew 6, 31. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, the unbelievers, the citizens of this world run after all those things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom as an ambassador and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. He's saying, you don't have to worry about all this. I will be your paycheck. Another thing about ambassadors is that they don't promote their own opinion. They speak for the one who sent them. John 12, 49, Jesus says, For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. He's saying this wasn't my opinion. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. That's the way an ambassador lives. An American ambassador <clears throat> comes and lives in London. He doesn't give, give London his opinion. He speaks for America. It's the same with us in the kingdom of God. We don't give people 
our opinion or our thoughts about something. We tell them what God is telling us. We are ambassadors. For example, we know what the world says about sex. We know what the world says about genders. We know what the world says about sexual orientations. And the world applauds and promotes its view and tries to indoctrinate our children. As an ambassador of heaven, I can only speak and represent God, not my opinion or what this world is saying because I'm not assimilated in this world. I don't belong to this world. God says one man, one woman, marriage, then sex, then children. And the world will hate us for saying it. But that's what Jesus said. If the world hates me, it will hate you because you speak of it as, as its deeds are evil and not of God. That's the way an ambassador lives. I am not of this world and I won't be assimilated into the thoughts and the patterns of this world. I don't represent this world. I march to the sound of a different drum and I am not ashamed. And I can't wait and I can't and won't compromise the voice and heart of my king. We will never change this world if we allow ourselves to be assimilated into it. And I know there's a lot of confusion out there and it confuses even Christians. And I see sometimes, I shouldn't go into this, but churches and stuff are bending what God is saying and being assimilated. We cannot do that if we're gonna be true ambassadors of Jesus Christ on this world, in this world. 90% of the prophets in the Bible were martyred because they were not of this world and lived and spoke the words of God. They weren't cowards. It was worth giving their lives for. They killed Jesus for the same reason. He wasn't a coward. Legends tell us the disciples were all martyred because they lived as ambassadors of heaven, not assimilated into this world. The world loves its own. And many Christians all over the world are now facing the same challenge and the same fate. In Hebrews 11:38 says, the world, it gives a list of all the martyrs in Hebrews 11, and it says about these people, he said, the world was not worthy of them because they weren't of this world. But the thing is, they all changed the world. What does it take to change the world? I will say this, it's more than a worship service. It's a life. Ambassadors of Christ. Moment by moment, here, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in Tesco's, in Sainsbury's, anywhere. They changed the world. They stood with the full armor of God. They did not compromise. They spoke against evil and they lived and ministered the love and truth of God and the gospel and it was worth dying for. 
And just to say the truth will set you free. Compromise will not set anybody free. And it will not show people what the real kingdom of God and what this other kingdom is. And people will just continue to be trapped. You know, we are the salt of the earth. We assimilate and we lose our savor. We lose our anointing, our opportunity to change this world. We don't want to be one of the foolish virgins who run out of oil halfway to the party and lose our invitation at the door. Don't want to be them. We don't want to be the cowardly servant who ignores God's calling and gifts because of fear and, uh, and for an earthly paycheck and lose everything God has for us in this life. We are ambassadors of King Jesus, citizens of the kingdom of God. We hold the passport of heaven and it's worth dying for. You want to find out? I would say for your young people, you seek God and you will find something worth dying for. If you, I, I know when I was young, I was, had a lot of ideals and I was looking for an ideal. What, what is it in this whole world and all the voices that's worth giving my life to? And I would say most of the things as you grow up and you see it, most of those things just fade away anyway. The only thing that's worth giving your life to is the kingdom of God. And living for him and, and giving it your whole heart. It's worth dying for. It's the only thing in this world worth dying for. If we want to change the world, we cannot allow ourselves to be assimilated into it. But we live as pilgrims. We are just passing through this world, as they say, is not my home. And I'm not going to make it my home. I am not going to be a victim to the Borg. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll end with this. During the COVID lockdown, I know it was hard going. You don't see anybody. And I found as the days went on, I, I found it was kind of hard to keep my head straight of exactly who am I? What, what is this about? Because I couldn't meet anybody or do anything that, that I felt God was telling me to do. So one morning I decided I'm going to write a decree. I call it my morning decree. I wrote it for myself, and then, um, and I would, and um, there's copies in the, at the end if you want them. But um, what I did, I, I read it every morning to myself, just a reminder. Remember, Richard, this is who you are. This is who you belong to. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read it to you, if that's all right. <clears throat> I am a child of the living God, created in His image. I am his and he is mine. I am accepted into the family by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. I am not my own. I am an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I live before an audience of one. I represent and honor the name of Jesus Christ above all other names, governments, and institutions. I am led by the Holy Spirit and the living word of God. The fears and false testimonies of this world do not control or define me. I am free. I am not called to survive but to conquer. In the power of the Holy Spirit and the resurrected Christ, I do not cower. By faith, I intercede and kick down the gates of hell before me in the name of Jesus Christ. Wicked strongholds fall. No weapon formed against me prospers. prospers. No evil will come near my home this day. 
The favor of God is upon me. I steward this favor in honor of his name and for his glory. I celebrate the doors he opens and grateful for the doors he closes shut. God is my father and he watches my back. His angels surround me. My prayers matter. The Holy Spirit teaches and informs me. He shows me the heart of God. My father listens and answers. We walk this path together. I stand and embrace God's strength by faith. I refuse to yield to the temptations and the lies that try to control and mold me in the name of Jesus and his word. I will not be a slave to sin or grieve the Holy Spirit. It was for freedom Christ set me free. The love of God is my banner. The compassion of Christ is my motivation. I will share God's love with everyone I meet this day. My call is to be the gospel. I'm not summoned just to give a message, but to be the message. I will give hope because love never fails. I will fulfill all God has called me to this day by the grace of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus the Messiah. I will abide and dwell in the will of God, nothing less, nothing more, and nothing else. His joy is my strength. His word is my guide. His love is my anchor. My life today will make a difference in this world, change the world. Christ lives in me and I live in him. I am being conformed into his image. So I speak to this day. Bring it on. And tonight I will shout victory and tell of the goodness of God. I rest in him. I am a free ambassador of the kingdom. And this world is not going to tie me down. And I'm sure it's the same for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, do your work in our hearts. Amen.